Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist. It's good to be with you in worship this morning. Happy Independence Day weekend to everyone this morning as we come to worship uh, the, the freedom that God gives us in Jesus Christ. Uh, I encourage you to find the attendance pads that are in each of the pews, fill those out, pass them along to others that are worshiping beside you this morning so that we have a record of your presence here in worship with us this morning. I'm sure that you noticed uh, on your way in the new parking lot and uh, how nice that is. Uh, Thank you to all of our trustees who have worked very hard on, on getting that project accomplished. They have asked me to note one thing for you, and that is to be very careful on your way out of the parking lot. You may have noticed that the level is a bit higher than it was previously, and when you go out the exit, there's a several-inch drop off of the side of the the driveway. And that's going to get smoothed out later this week with some gravel, but uh, it's not smoothed out yet. So uh, please be very careful on your way out the exit that you don't fall off the side of the road. Um, We are celebrating the Sacrament of Holy Communion this morning. We'll be passing the plates, uh, the plates of bread and then the plates of juice, there are also plates up here that contain the prepackaged kits. If you're still more comfortable using the prepackaged kits, those are available. There are also plates of gluten-free bread. When we pass the plates of the bread, there will be an usher that has the prepackaged and the gluten-free. And so if you need one of those, just uh, get the attention of the person with those plates and let them know uh, which one you need as we celebrate together the Sacrament of Holy Communion. Uh, those worshiping at home, you're welcome to uh, prepare some bread and some juice as well so that you can celebrate the sacrament with us at the end of the service. We're here today to offer God our worship and praise, and so let us be in that spirit uh, as we stand together for the call to worship. Good morning. Please join me. The realm of God has come near. Enter this time of worship with joyous expectation. We will extol you, O God, for you have drawn us up. You rescued us from the pit and restored us to life. Sing praises to God, all faithful ones. Give thanks to God's holy name. We have known your favor, O God, in many ways. You have healed us and turned our mourning to dancing. Rejoice in the work you are given to do. Give thanks that your names are known to God. We will praise you, O God, and not be silent. We will give thanks to you forever. Please remain standing and join us for the opening hymn, God of the Ages, number 698 in your United Methodist hymnal.
Thank you. You may be seated. If you'll please join with me in our opening prayer printed in your bulletin. Gracious God, our helper, we greet you this morning with joy and thanksgiving. We feel your welcome and anticipate your teaching. Show us this day what you would have us do. Whether it be great or small, we want to do what you command. Let our ears be attentive to your word and our hearts be responsive to the opportunities you grant us to bear one another's burdens in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you'll please join in our prayer hymn as well, this is my song, number 437 in your Methodist hymnal.
us pray. O oh God, we give you thanks for this great land in which we live and for all of the freedoms that we enjoy, so many of which we take for granted that others around the world are not able to experience the same way that we are. But Lord, you have given us this blessing and we glorify you for it. Lord, we thank you for all of those who have sacrificed of themselves to make possible all that we enjoy in this great country. We pray for your blessing on all of those who serve in the armed forces, for all of those who serve locally with the police and, and the emergency responders, all of those who, who give tirelessly of their efforts to protect us, to make us healthy, to watch over our needs. Lord, we pray that you will bless them all. We pray that you will bless us and strengthen us to live the lives to which you have called us, lives of service, lives of compassion. Lord, bless this church family. Thank you for the blessing of being able to be in a community with others who love you as we love you and who love one another as you have loved us. As we minister to and serve one another, may we be experiencing and expressing your divine love for us. And may we share that same love with those outside of this community that they too might know a God of compassion and grace. Lord, we pray for your will to be done. We pray for you to open our eyes to what you would have for us as individuals, as a church, as a nation, and ultimately as a world. For all of this world is yours, Lord. May your will be done around this planet. We pray for the intercession of your Son, Jesus Christ, for it is only by your power and by the grace expressed through his sacrifice that all of these things might be done. And so we offer ourselves to you in response to the offering that he has made of himself to us. And we offer this worship and all of our prayers and thoughts over to you as we pray to you now in the words that he has taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Through the giving of our tithes and offerings, as
Please join me in the prayer of dedication. With gratitude for your gracious favor, we dedicate these gifts. May they help others as we have been helped. May they reach out in a spirit of gentleness to restore to community those who are alienated. May they announce to the world that the realm of God is among us, waiting to be claimed. By these resources, may your name be praised here and in many other places. Amen. Please be seated. Today's gospel lesson is taken from the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. My brothers and sisters, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
For the past month and a half now, I have been reading the novel Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Published in 1957, the novel is a fictionalized expression of Rand's philosophical and political ideas. It imagines a world in which the individuals of genius and reason, the ones who make the world run, decide they are not going to carry the rest of society on their shoulders any longer. Rand is considered a, a champion for the rights of the individual, of freedom, of human reason, of personal responsibility. There is one verse in today's scripture that I, I, I'm sure that Ayn Rand would absolutely have loved, Galatians 6, 5, for all must carry their own loads. That pretty much sums up the Randian philosophy in a nutshell, for all must carry their own loads. There is another verse in today's scripture reading that Rand would have absolutely despised. Galatians 6.2 Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Ayn Rand was a dedicated atheist. She rejected Christianity. She opposed any religion that believes in a higher power. She held that human reason is the highest power there is that devotion to one's own self-interest is the most reasonable and therefore the most moral value in the world. Altruism is a failure of a weak mind, according to Rand. The idea of bearing someone else's burdens, repulsive. Ayn Rand expresses one extreme of the American identity, the ideal of the rugged individual, the self-made man, the woman who can do for herself and doesn't ask anything of anyone. Ever since the founding of the first colonies, which would eventually become the United States of America, there has been this appeal built into our psyche of adventurously striking out on our own to make our own way in the world. It was this psyche that, that led the first settlers to leave the oppression that they had previously lived under. It led the frontiersmen to forge across a wild wilderness. It led patriots to rebel against paying taxes to a government in which they had no voice. And ultimately, it led to declaring independence and fighting a revolution. We hold these truths to be self-evident, declared the founding fathers of our nation, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is one extreme of our American identity, individual freedom, personal independence, the pursuit of our own happiness, the opportunity to do what we want when we want, to provide for ourselves regardless of what anyone else has to say about it. But there is another extreme, equally as important, equally as American. There is our faith that we are subject to an almighty God. It is not human reason and human industriousness alone that has placed us here. It is first and foremost God. The first settlers came to this land driven by an absolute conviction that it was God who was leading them forth. They constructed their society and they led their lives based upon the convictions and the conventions which they found in the Bible, the holy word of God. By the word of God, they understood that they had responsibilities both to and for one another. They understood that we are our brother's keepers, that the God who created us and led us into freedom also commands us to love and care for our neighbor. 
That's not to say that they always got it right. One glaring example of their failure was that they carried on the institution of slavery, a betrayal both of individual liberty and of neighborly love. It would take centuries and a terrible bloody war to bring that evil to an end. But always, the forces pulling this country forward has been the creative tension between individual freedom and societal obligation. For as much as I enjoy her writing, Ayn Rand only understands one half of who we are in America. The Bible, our faith, Christ calls us to a much fuller picture. Paul's letter to the Galatians gives us a much fuller picture of who we are called to be, not just as a nation, but as Christians. I think it's appropriate that the lectionary epistle lesson for Fourth of July weekend always seems to come from Galatians. The letter is a tribute to freedom. For freedom, Christ has set us free. That's one of the most famous lines from Galatians. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. In Christ, we are freed from deadly dictates of the law. We are set free from sin. We are set free from death. Set free from all forms of oppression. Yet do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, Paul goes on. But through love, become slaves to one another. Through love, become slaves to one another. Freedom, from a Christian perspective, is not an excuse for self-indulgence. Personal freedom and societal obligation, the two must go hand in hand. Obligation without freedom is oppression. Freedom without obligation is indulgence. Paul understood that in Christ we must have both freedom and obligation to one another. With that in mind, then, we can try to sort through what might appear on the surface to be a contradiction in today's Bible passage. In one verse, Paul writes, bear one another's burdens. And just three verses later, he writes, for all must carry their own loads. He sounds like a politician, doesn't he? Talking out of both sides of his mouth. If Paul was running for political office today, you can bet that his opposition would have an attack ad on television with split-screen images of, of two Pauls, ominous music playing, as two sound bites reveal Paul making both of these statements, and then a condescending and accusatory voice, voice says, Paul thinks he can have it both ways. He thinks you're too dumb to notice. Well, which is it going to be, Paul? You can laugh, but it works, doesn't it? Seriously, though, which is it? Are we supposed to carry our own loads and not depend on anyone else? Is the Lone Ranger our ideal? Or are we supposed to bear one another's burdens and lean on each other for support? Those who are mature in the faith know that we need both. Being a Christian is about both. Loving our neighbor, taking care of one another, serving others as Christ has served us, and taking personal responsibility for our own thoughts, 
words and deeds. For us to understand Paul on this point, we need to understand how he thought of the individual Christian. In passages such as Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, Paul makes it clear that we are not independent beings in and of ourselves. Rather, the Christian is a member of a much larger body, the body of Christ. It is only in the body of Christ that we find who we truly are. Earlier in the letter to the Galatians, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Later in the letter, in a passage we read a few weeks ago, he writes, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. You can talk about self-actualization and personal identity all you want. But only in Christ do we find our true being. And once we are in Christ, we are no longer our own person. In Christ, we are individual members of a universal body. And we are intimately connected to all others who are members of that same body. Think about your own body for a moment. Have you ever noticed that when one part of your body is hurt, the rest of it is affected? If one leg is injured, the other leg automatically begins compensating by taking more of the weight on itself. And sometimes that compensation takes so much that the good leg begins to ache. Now imagine if your good leg said, well, this isn't fair. I'm not the one that got myself injured. Why should I have to bear that weight and make myself ache? I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going on strike. Luckily, that's not how a body operates because that's not how God designed it. And that's not how we as members of the body of Christ are supposed to operate either because that's not how God designed the body of Christ to behave. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. When one member cries, we all cry. When one member rejoices, we all rejoice. When one member prays, we all pray together. When one member stumbles, we lift them back up. When one member goes astray, we seek to draw them back in. When one is in some kind of trouble or in any kind of need, it's not even a question of whether we want to help. That's just how the body works. That's Christian love. That's the law of Christ. We are members of one another. We are slaves to one another in love. But what about each one must carry his own load? Does bearing each other's burdens do away with personal accountability? Does it encourage spiritual codependence? By no means. In Romans 14.12, Paul says, So then each one of you, each one of us, will give an account of himself to God. This is our personal responsibility. This is the load which Paul tells the Galatians, each one of us must carry for ourselves the accounting which we must give to God 
for our lives. In the next chapter of Romans, Paul says, Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to his edification. We live for one another. The strong lift up the weak. The courageous defend the meek. We give, we serve, we sacrifice. The weight, which each of us must carry on our own, it's not about doing everything for ourselves with no help from others. It's not about being self-reliant and self-serving. It's about the accounting that we each must give to God at the time of judgment. And one of the primary things on which we will be judged is how we treated others. Whether we help bear their burdens. Jesus made this very clear in Matthew 25 when he talked about the day of judgment. Everyone will stand before the judgment seat of God. This is our personal accounting. This is our load to carry. And how is it that we will be judged on that day according to Jesus? Did you feed the hungry? Did you give drink to the thirsty? Did you clothe the naked? Did you tend to the sick and the lame? Did you visit visit the prisoner? Did you welcome the stranger? Did you protect the defenseless? Did you lift up the downtrodden? Did you seek God's righteousness? Did you advocate for justice? Did you work for healing and understanding between peoples? Did you use every gift, every talent, every blessing God gave you for the good of others, to the glory of God, and to the service of God's kingdom? The personal responsibility advocated in the Bible has nothing to do with making it on our own. The question to which we will be held personally accountable by God is not how have you done for yourself, but rather how have you treated others. Not how well have you self-actualized or reached your individual potential, but how have you done in relation to the rest of the body. How have you helped build up the body of Christ. What might the church look like if we truly understood ourselves not as independent individuals, but as members of the universal body of Christ? What might this nation look like if we looked past our political identity and our personal advantage and we saw ourselves instead as the body of America? What might this world look like if we truly understood ourselves to be members of the one body of all humankind? It might just look like the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
invite you to turn now to the prayer of the great thanksgiving as we prepare to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And so with all your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant, by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Invite the ushers forward.
the body of Christ broken for you, take and eat in remembrance of him. the cup of salvation poured out in the blood of Jesus Christ. Take and drink in remembrance of him. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for this holy mystery in which you have given of yourself to us once again. We thank you for that ultimate sacrifice of your life which has given us life. May that Holy Spirit that you have poured upon us continue within us to inspire us to holy living all of our days. 
We pray in your precious and holy name. Amen. I invite you to stand now as you are able for our closing hymn, which is in the hymnals number 593. Here I am, Lord. Let us sing together.
Go now in the freedom for which Christ has set you free and live for others as members of Christ's body. In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.